This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Oh, yeah, got a little hop in my step today. One, because I don't have to show off my hair, get to wear a hat. Two, you know, I thought the Action Sports Jacks Stream 18 wasn't going to happen. We almost weren't going to do it. I was like, I'm not tough year to kind of do it with the pandemic and everything going on. Not as tough as Austin's having a hard time putting headphones in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's all right. Though. But we all have our own battles. We'll get to Austin's battles in just a bit. They're deeper than that. Uh, but good to have uh, Cadillac back on board for the Action Sports Jack Stream 18. And uh, it will take place at the golf club at Southampton. In September, so uh, opening week of the NFL season, Jags play on the 13th. Looks like uh, the golf tournament will be on the 14th, so uh, that'll be cool. We'll raise some money for charity. Uh, and, yeah, it might be a little bit down from what we normally do just because of the situation this year, but good to keep the Dream 18 rolling and, and uh, try to raise money for a good cause or two and have a little fun. So, uh, yeah, baby, had a little meeting about that and uh, try to get some of that rolling. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Well, yes. I don't know about congratulations. Congratulations well, but, for having to now. I was actually had settled into, all right, I'm not going to worry about the Dream 18 this year. That yeah. might be a nice little reprieve. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, crap, I'm behind. A little less stressful, and now it's added to the stress. And now it's a little bit behind. But I like it. You know, I was thinking about stress today. Yeah. People hate stress, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that's a that's a detrimental thing. It's Top inconvenient. Five favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, I mean, I would assume most people would say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand there are levels of stress, but I actually thought about this today. Okay. There are times that I like the stress, right? Like I, I, I Give like. Give me some examples. Well, I told you the almost from a business standpoint, I like the rush of whether walking in here at three oh oh, or. <laughs> Not having my complete show done like sure. for TV and having to finish it up. Like yeah. I'll intentionally leave some things to the last minute just okay. to have the rush of, you know, of, of getting on there. As somebody that's in here usually hobby. ten minutes early, when yeah. it's three oh oh, I get a little. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I know you do, but um, if they would ever get Austin his key card, we wouldn't have to worry about these things. No, for that's sure, true. man. What is it, week four now? We're on the key card? Yeah. So. I always, I'm sitting here, I'm like, all right, I wonder if Austin's going to call me. Oh, or no, not. I was in the parking lot at 2.50. He, he usually like, waits to me to like 2.59. Yeah. I usually pull in, and yeah. then so he waits so he doesn't have to bother I just you. Feel, but. Yeah, I just feel bad for calling you, having you come downstairs, uh, like, you know, open the door from every single day. It gets kind of old for me, at least. I don't know how you feel about it. But even like uh, some levels of just life stress, like whether, you know, whether it's just something. I don't know, like just a little adversity. I, I don't think it's a bad thing sometimes. Like I, I've now lived long enough to know that, hey, you know what? It's going to be all right on the other side. I'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, so I kind of I don't mind it. I don't mind a little uh, to kind of like uh, it. It Maybe it humbles you. Maybe it resets you a little bit. Maybe it like avoids you from just kind of cruising and being like, hey, life is good. Everything feels good. You know, so it's almost the take I have of 2020. Like everybody hates 2020. Right. And, and I understand for a good reason. Like, Again, I, I say it from a totally different point of view. If you know people or if you have loved ones that have been sick from the pandemic or if you've lost your job or if things have really changed economically, well, then you have reason to really hate 2020. I mean, there, I, I get it. I'm mm-hmm. just saying from my point of view, that hasn't been the case, fortunately, uh, knock on wood so far. And, and even this movement, like it's interesting that this movement the last couple of weeks gets coupled with I hate 2020. 
I don't really think that should be the case. I think we are uh, we are in an historic time that might be a change for good for yeah. our country, mm-hmm. right? For for people, for society, for humanity. Like I don't look at this as as awful. The yeah. last couple of weeks, I, I don't know how you do as a as a black no, man, but I, 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 I feel like this is a great sign of progress. I look at it as progress for sure, and call me optimistic, but I'm hopeful that when this is all said and done, that we can come out on the other side looking better than what we did when we went into it. Yeah. Okay. But I think where some of the frustration, where some of the stress, and where a lot of the disappointment comes from is that you're seeing people's true colors. And maybe some people that you thought highly of now are showing themselves as maybe frauds, yeah, you know, yeah. showing themselves on the other side. So I think that's kind of where the frustration, just the stress comes from, is that we're kind of seeing uh, people on the other side now. Yeah, I get you. Uh, but I guess that's kind of like in a very small part, that's what I was thinking of today. You know, in your own personal life, if, you, if you're if you not dealing with catastrophe or there's a lot really going wrong, which, I, again, I, I can't relate right now and knock on wood, I'm thankful for that and I'm grateful for that. Uh, but I know some people do. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to disconnect from that reality. I just say, and if, if on a very small level, I was thinking today, I don't mind a little bit of adversity here or there. It makes you think and make a lot of people, if you talk about adversity on the other side of it, usually, you know, you, you come out stronger or any mm-hmm. of those things, especially if you're a positive thinker, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I believe. And I think about it in, in the relationship to the whole thing of totality in 2020, where everybody kind of has those memes out there, right? 2020 was supposed to be this, and it's like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, for sure. Which are kind of funny at times. Yeah, but yeah so someone actually made a meme of me z- ziplining when I fell off. <laughs> there we They're go. Like, yeah. <laughs> 2020, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, think, I think we will look back at this, my, my point being that the, there will be a lot of good from 2020. Sure. Uh, that we don't know. We don't expect. Kind of like I said about the high school kids, mm-hmm. right? I thought going into that, when it all got shut down, I was like, man, you really feel for the high school kids. But I tried to keep some perspective on it. I think there's going to be something really cool for this class of 2020, mm-hmm. for those kids that miss this. Yeah, you can't get that back. That, that stinks. You can't go to your prom. You can't have your senior night at, at a baseball or softball game or a lacrosse game, whatever else. Uh, you can't walk across a graduation. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think if you ask a lot of the seniors... Now, how graduation was, you know, how some of the events were around what they did with their high schools. Uh, I think they're kind of like, you know what? That was kind of unique. It was kind of cool. Yeah, we missed this and that stunk. Mm-hmm. But like some of the, the drive by graduations, the, the, how unique it was, how creative people got, uh, even the, the graduations virtually sure. uh, that were done. I think there is I have some neighbors and I think they really appreciate it. They kind of enjoyed it. And I wonder if some of it will stick. Yeah. Like for the future. So th- that's my whole point. Uh, some adversity and, and um, uncomfortable times, I, I think, often create uh, stress, you know, in the time being. Sure. But on the other side of it. Uh, can often lead to some pretty good reflection as well. Listen, um, that's a deep start to no, the show that's, tonight. That's really good, and and I'm going to co-sign on that with you because I am a huge fan of adversity. You know, whether it's like my training, whether it's taking a fight and like you know you can't sleep the night before because you realize the guy's kind of trying to knock your block off, and you know like you're stressed about that, and then the walk to the cage is a little stressful. Like I'm all for those types of things, and I embrace all kinds of stress because that's how we grow okay i think that one of the biggest detriments to a human being is the thought of complacency i think when you get comfortable i think when you just accept where you're at um 
I think that's when you stop growing and that's when you stop evolving as a human and start stop learning, you know, new lessons and things like that. So I agree with you. I'm all for the adversity. I'm all for the stress. And let's be honest, sometimes um, it comes with, with the big price. And sometimes um, when you're in the moment, it sucks. But if you can come out the other side, you're going to be a stronger person. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, didn't know if we'd get this that is, deep. This has been a on. TED Talk on stress, everybody. TED Talk on stress. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it all started with just me thinking a little bit about stress. Like, I don't mind it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we got to open our minds up to it. Now, meanwhile, you had a stressful night last night, it looked like. Yeah. I mean, it was, right, it was so an ideal. How real is this? Nice job, by the way, on portrait mode on the picture. That was really well done. That, that was not portrait mode. That was just a regular cell phone picture that my wife took. That was she's a good photographer. She's not bad. Well, there's a lot. I mean, I mean she actually kind of made your ankle look somewhat pretty. It was a big cut, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I, like at first when I saw the picture, if you haven't seen, uh, uh, Austin tweeted out a picture. Yeah. And he sliced his his ankle. You can tell us the story in a minute. Mm-hmm. But like, it looked like. One of those kisses that somebody had just put lipstick on. <laughs> did, did you see the tweet? Look no, at it. Not until it. just now. Like, right. yeah. I think I'm still blocked by Austin. I'm not sure. Uh, no, dude, you, you just don't follow me. It's all good, though. <laughs> I follow you. It's not a big deal, though. I'm not worried about it. You're That's fine. funny you bring that up. You know, like, I, I find this, like, Marcel Robinson yeah. and me, we're not Facebook friends. Ouch. But, like, I oh. see his thing come up all the time. It's like, add Marcel as a friend. I said, no, I'm not adding him. You good? You're going to have to add me. <laughs> you good? never asked. You got to earn it. <laughs> you got to earn it. I'm not adding him. Yeah. I'm not doing no, it. That's you fine. Add Marcel? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not tripping about Kuz not adding me on Twitter. It is what it is, man. I thought we were already, I thought I was just blocked. No, I'm, I, I'm following you, but you're not following plus me. Plus, it's better if I don't know half the things Maybe Marcel's doing. Maybe I did block you, actually, because the whole Spider-Man thing. So I guess yeah. when you block somebody, then you're no longer friends with, uh, you're not no longer following me. Because I remember following you, way, like, right when the show started, but yeah. I don't think I've done you it. You seriously since. are not following I don't know, let me check. Austin? He's not. Trust me, I've tracked. It's fine. That's our producer. Uh, yeah. I, 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 hey, have I have I spent many sleepless nights thinking about it in a, in a in a fit of rage, if you will? Maybe. It's all good though. So anyway, you you go, uh, you know, punch oh, yeah. people for a living and fight people for a living, and the yeah. shower got you. Yeah. Or, so, or the door in the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, so what happened here? It was it was such a bummer last night. Okay, so go train. Go had a hard night of sparring. Everything went great. Felt fantastic. Big night on a Tuesday night at the Lane Residence because it's Call of Duty night, okay? So that means that my son and I, we play online with one of my friends back in Wisconsin. His name's AP, and AP is actually Ronan's godfather, right? So there's a lot at stake right now. So, you know, so I'm getting home, rushing home, can't wait to play some Call of Duty. My wife could care less, obviously, but it is what it is. Yeah, she should. Yeah, so... You know, I get in my whole shop pre-shower routine, take the clothes off, play some jams. I, I might have been bopping a little bit <laughs> on the way into, you know, another shower and open the door like I've done a million times before. This is my first shower, not my first rodeo. And like, I kind of slipped because once again, I was bopping. Okay. <laughs> not going to say the song I was playing, but I was bopping a little bit and I kind of slipped and I catch myself and I kind of like, put myself like across like the wall right so like my hands on the wall i catch myself but like in doing that my foot just comes across and slices the door which is metal yeah yeah okay I know so immediately bam i feel it i'm like okay like sting yeah you, you know it stings a little bit and you look down it's like is it gonna be blood i look down yeah nothing really you know it's like two seconds later so i'm soaping up now i'm like i look back down and we have a pool of blood ladies and gentlemen yeah. okay now 
I'm probably going to get a, a text message in the next couple minutes when I say this, and I really don't care because I have to get this off my chest. The response time for my wife and my son when I shouted I need some help was absolutely trash. All right? It was it was crap. Absolute crap. I, I go, I need some help in here. Nothing. I say it again. Need some help in here. Nothing. I say it four times, Brent. You I need mean, Alexa in your bathroom. We, we need Alexa in my bathroom. I mean, and we're on the same floor. It's not like it's like a 10-story house like you got. I mean, we're on the same floor right now. We're all good to go. So they should hear me. <laughs> they now, weren't out by the fire pit. No, no, they're not by the fire pit. They're literally like a <laughs> room away from excuse. me. Now, to be fair and to defend them, usually, because I say the exact same thing when I don't have a towel in the, in the shower, <laughs> so on an average of four to five times a week, I, mean, I say, I need some help in here because I don't have a towel. I'm not yeah. going to walk myself out dripping wet, Brent. Like, once you hop in the shower, you're committed. Yeah, right? you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So someone's got to bring you a towel. That's, that's, that, that, that's human nature. That, that's decency. So I said, I need some help in here. My wife comes in. She analyzes a little bit. I look down, and we can see some white tendon. Yeah. It was a deep cut. So now, obviously, where my mind's at, I'm like, well, call of duty. Okay? So I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, all right, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take a shower. I'm like, honey, you're going to medical school. Fix yeah, this thing know, up. Here's the thing. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to finish up the shower. And the whole time, I'm like, can I still play Call of Duty? Yeah, I'm like, like, I'm, like I'm a 10-year-old kid. Yeah. Kuz, you understand how important those Call of Duty nights are. Oh, Man, yeah. I, I don't got to tell you anything. No, this isn't for night, him. This last night, I got home, and it calls like, you know, um, Out Daughter's on tonight. I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's I'm Call playing Call of Duty. Duty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Cody, I feel for you. So, <laughs> so, so, so I shower up. Nicole, I, can, I feel for you. <laughs> so I shower up and everything, and now I have my foot my one foot's outside the shower because she doesn't want me to get soap on it right so i'm taking a shower with one foot on the outside of it i get all cleaned up and everything we're good to go and now comes the really uncomfortable conversation probably the stressful part of the entire night of when do i go to the emergency room because keep in mind this is call of duty night my son is looking forward to this my best friend back home is looking forward to this I can't let them you down. You don't want to disappoint. Exactly. Plus, if you go after midnight to the emergency room, yeah. it's less crowded. Probably. Exactly. So it's probably like 945 right now. St. Vincent's is probably like a hop, skip, and a jump down the road. So I'm not worried about it. My wife's a little worried about it, though, okay? And keep in mind, she's going to medical school. So she kind of has a jurisdiction here. But... I'm not going to back down, okay, because I knew this for my son. So I come out, and my wife's like, Daddy's got to go to the emergency room. I'm like, hey, babe, let's just – I try to be reach a compromise. Let's just get one game of Call of Duty, and that way I can be a hero in my son's eyes. Like, dang, Dad's going to get stitches, but he's still going to play with me. My wife wasn't having it. All right, she goes, you have to go right now. And we got a little debate about it, got a little argument about it. Superglue may have got brought out a little bit. Uh, Superglue wasn't going to work, though, unfortunately. The cut was way too big. And this is where my devious mind is at, right? I have no qualifications to say how my foot feels and what, what should be done with it. I didn't go, I'm not going to medical school, okay? And if you look at my track record right now of how I've treated my body when I've had a pretty serious injury, I'm batting 0 for 3 right now. Because when I broke my hand after an amateur fight, my wife tried to tell me you should go to the emergency room right away. And I said, no, that's okay. I'm going to go home, watch the UFC fights. I'll take care of it the next morning. When I did that, I woke up. My hand was the size of like a giant balloon. I was like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, okay? So 0 for 1. <laughs> When I got my cast on and I was slated to go back home for a snowboarding excursion, my wife tried to tell me, don't go snowboarding with that cast because if you fall, it's going to be bad news, and especially because it was like minus degree temperatures, it's going to be cold. Don't worry about me, babe. I got it. Well, I get frostbite on my fingers the first day, and then the second day I try a 360, come up short, and end up breaking my cast a little bit and did some damage to my hand so once Cody's again. So Cody's 2-0. So she's 2-0 right now. 
I'm not looking good in the count, Brent, but I still stand up for what I believe in. Okay, and, and what and I believe Call in is, is I'm going to get one 15-minute <laughs> game of Call of Duty Online Plunder. That's all I wanted with my son, Brent. I mean, it's to the point where even me and my son we have our own theme song, like, and he's singing it the whole time, like Call of Duty, girl. And then he says something else, but I don't want to get into it because. It's not the most appropriate thing. Once again, my wife's not the biggest <laughs> yeah, fan of it, but yeah. just take my word for it. Take that to elementary yeah, school. Yeah, 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 exactly. So we had the argument. We had the debate. 20 minutes have probably passed now. Like, I could have got the one game, and, and we would have been fine. But we're still going back and forth. I end up not playing Call of Duty. Go to the St. Vincent's. Go to the emergency room. And you want to talk about me being a breath of fresh air for everyone working there. Because keep in mind, we're still going through a pandemic right now. And I guess what they said is times are kind of tough for people getting in the emergency room. Because, you know, not a lot of people are working. And especially, like, the night staff, they're not that busy. So when I walk in, a 6'6 gentleman like myself, who looks a little intimidating, and I say that I've cut my foot in a shower and I've hurt myself, you better believe that the jokes were flying like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. I mean, I literally get in there. She's like, do you feel safe in your own home? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then laughed in my face. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> set aside from the shower, I feel safe in my own home. So all the nurses, they were great, but they had a, a, a great laugh at my expense. Got seven stitches in, got in, got out, and now I'm sitting here. So uh, how many stitches? Seven. Seven stitches. Seven stitches. So you got, let me get this right. Yeah. If, I, if my math's right. Yep. Your last MMA fight, yeah. you got six stitches over your eye. Correct. Good call. But the shower got you for seven. Seven. I know, man. <laughs> what is that saying about everything? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and here's the thing, too. Sick like the radio? <laughs> <laughs> don't take showers. Just go all natural. Um, and I was worried, too, because the eye hurt. Like, the eye was not ideal. Like, the, the eye sucked when I got that, you know, stitched up and everything. Oh, you want to talk about professionalism and just a pleasure? Didn't even feel my foot. You didn't? Oh, it was fine. Yeah, I guess you said, like, because the eye is, like, like, the face is super sensitive. So compared to your feet, it's, like, night and day. So zero pain whatsoever. Had to get a tetanus shot, too. Eh, whatever there. But, yeah, overall, good so experience. didn't uh, rip any tendons or anything? Didn't. I, I was close. It was close? S- super close there to ripping that tendon, yeah. That's wild. That, that was and then that could have been bad news. I want to stole down that shower. <laughs> I know, man. Right? <laughs> I mean, oh. Uh, by the way, God bless Cody. Yeah. She has to deal with you on Monday nights for wrestling, yep. Tuesday night for Call of Duty, <laughs> Wednesday night for wrestling, wrestling yep. Friday nights for wrestling, yeah. probably Saturday for MMA, True. USC. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did, you she, didn't, you, there's no way you shared this when you exchanged your vows. <laughs> Hey, she she can watch her tits. baking shows. She <laughs> that's she gonna be watches, in my mouth. <laughs> she oh yeah, because I got yeah, you, dude. Don't I worry. Mean, no, let's, I mean the tip is don't put it in there. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say no. no like if I write Nicole's vows, I'm gonna say totally cool to play Call of Duty seven nights a week. There, no, it's very no, dude. And I don't put any added pressure on you. And this is another episode for another time. We'll talk <laughs> about your vows because obviously this is gonna be a team uh, building exercise here. But when you write your vows, you gotta bring it. Okay, because the bride will always have the advantage of crying because th- that's what my wife had. All right. She, she got a super emotional and started crying. She read hers first, bawled her eyes out. Everyone was like, oh, you know, like they felt sorry for. Her. Oh, yeah, I'm not crying well, at here all. I am. Hey, I'm not going to shed a tear. I'm all right. This is supposed to be a good day. It's supposed to be a celebratory <laughs> day. I'm not going to cry. But then I had to bring it. You know what I'm saying? So get ready to bring it. So I'm going to say. All right. Uh, we're going to bring it for the rest of the show. We hope uh, here at Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. By the way, the song apparently that Austin was bobbing and weaving into is is Shut Up and Dance. I'll tell you what, ain't this one right here? No, absolutely not. This is what he slipped on this is in the shower. Man. This cost him seven stitches. I'm going to sue the both song. of you. Right this, here. Is, this is, uh, what do you call it? 
Defamation of my character? Yeah. You guys are both getting sued. This, this is, is not what we song. heard. Miley Cyrus part in the USA. <laughs> Get real. Get real. Uh, big day for a Jacksonville kid in the Major League Baseball draft. Plus, who's the next big star in the NFL? You have already by Patrick Mahomes at QB. <laughs> we'll talk about it next on ESPN 6 and 9. Well, I think the biggest thing is is encouraging everybody to talk and, and uh, to have discussions about their feelings and differences and to listen. And, you know, that's the biggest thing. I, I think that it's like anything in life. When issues come up, uh, it's, it's better to get them out in the open and, and discuss and, and to go through why certain people are feeling certain ways. So, uh, you know, that to me as a leader, uh, it, it would be the thing that I would encourage uh, is is to... Uh, get people together, open the forum for discussion, and encourage people uh, to listen and, and to be empathetic and to try and learn uh, from, from others' experiences. That is Matt Ryan, quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, talking about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's really interesting to, as we talk about players and this generation of athlete, we did that yesterday on the show but if you really break it down, if I go all the way back to last Monday and the tweet that Richard Sherman shared, uh, it's it's really interesting. The white quarterback, what kind of role will the white quarterback have? Uh, Drew Brees has already had a role, but prior to that, Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and Matt Ryan has come out. Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, and Aaron Rodgers, I keep forgetting about him. Uh, it, it, so do the Packers, Brent. It's okay, though. The, the interesting thing about Aaron Rodgers is it came right on the heels of the first tweet or first response from Brees that got so much blowback mm-hmm. that then Rodgers came out. It, it almost, I'm not saying it felt, uh, again, I'm not here to uh, criticize when and timing and why he did it and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but it was interesting. Like Breeze got all this backlash, and then like hours later, Rogers kind of took the opposite stance on it, just be like, "Hey, I got you." You know, I don't yeah, know yeah. if that was almost to help Breeze, Breeze get off the hook a little bit, or if it was like, "Well, I'm going to make sure I'm not going to get on this side of it." I, I you never <laughs> yeah, know, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not fair to wonder why. But Matt Ryan also, I think, pledged uh, dollars and and. Uh, and time and effort and and so again I think the I think Richard Sherman was right there uh, you know I think I think the white quarterbacks role Whoa. what will be will they be front and center can, how much can they you know I mean quarterback in general white black whatever is such a powerful powerful figure in an organization I mean really at all levels but especially in the NFL well and also don't forget too that he said well, it was a pretty powerful statement that he thinks Colin Kaepernick should get another opportunity in the NFL. You know, and then he was a big advocate for that. I I didn't see that coming from Matt Ryan. You know, because I mean, to to be fair, and listen, I, I've had my own thoughts about Matt Ryan. He he takes me off when they came in here for you know the the inner squad practices yeah, right. and everything, and we had a chance to sack him. And obviously, he's wearing that red jersey, hiding behind the red jersey like a coward, and we couldn't put him down. And then what does he do? He he puts up a touchdown in the two minute drill and starts you know having some choice words for for us as defensive linemen saying you like that and all that stuff. So I was frustrated, okay? I was frustrated a little bit, but um, I have found a newfound respect for Matt Ryan after hearing his comments about this. But he's definitely a guy who's kind of gone under the radar a little bit, you know, in terms of, you know, I guess like the social views, really even views in general. I feel like after that loss to the Patriots, you know, that Marcel Robinson obviously doesn't like to talk about, but the they blew that lead and everything. Um, Matt Ryan kind of went off the grid. So, you know, he, he's back now obviously speaking on the issue. And to, to prove your point, Brent, 
and I don't know if it's really the fair thing to say, but yes, the, the, the white quarterback where we always talk about the quarterback position being the most important position in all of sports. It's the ultimate double standard. Well, now you have instances where the white quarterback, um, you know, probably has the most power. And I don't want to say the most power like in a bad way, but you know, like they, they have like the most cachet they can bring with it. Yeah. I think they can help spark change as yeah. well. I, you know, like it or not, I, I understand some players ask for it. Some people want to be in the spotlight. Some people want to be uh, kind of the leading the charge for change, uh, black, white, whatever, uh, any sport. And some don't. And, and some can do their own. Doesn't mean they're not supportive. I, uh, I, I don't necessarily buy into the whole silence means this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think people act different ways. Um, and so. Who knows how some will respond and act? I mean, we haven't heard a ton from Tom Brady, mm-hmm. right? No, nothing at all. Uh, but here in Jacksonville, it begs the question, what will Gardner Minshew be in this? Mm-hmm. You know, what? he's the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a young quarterback. He's got, like, if you think of it just from football perspective, this is a massive year for him. Should he be, for lack of a better term, distracted? By other things? Should he use his platform for other things, for change, for good, for whatever he believes in? I mean, what responsibility does he have to do that? I, I mean, I don't, this is new territory in a lot of ways. So I, I, there's not a blueprint that says, hey, you know, you're the quarterback of a football team. You're supposed to make this much money. Uh, you're supposed to throw this many touchdowns, you're supposed to win this many games. And by the way, you're also supposed to help change the world. Sure. And, and listen, I'm not going to tell Gardner Minshew how to live his life right now because he's done a pretty dang good job of that so far, and, and he's gotten to the point where he's at for a reason. So he's done a good job at that. But let's be honest here. Gardner Minshew right now is a captain. He's a field general. He is one of the leaders already in that locker room as a second-year guy, and he's a leader on a team who is one of the most progressive teams in terms of racial injustice right now, right? We talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars being the first team to organize a protest. We talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars having an owner who's a minority, okay? He's part of that team. Now, once again, I'm not going to fault Gardner Minshew if he doesn't go to protest, if he doesn't speak up. That's his choice, okay? But I think in this instance right now, if he doesn't do those types of things, eventually people are going to come out and say, like, well, look what the, what the Jaguars are doing here. You know, like the, the, the stage of protest as an entire organization. Crazy. Look what the Jaguars are doing here. Leonard Fournette started his own rally, started his own protest. And look at how many teammates came out to it. People are going to start asking the question, where's Garner Minshew? I mean, the, 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 it's nothing. I mean, it's nothing but a formality at this point. Those questions are going to arise if they haven't already just because he is the quarterback of the team, and he's the quarterback of a team that's making a lot of changes. Is it fair? Is that a fair question? Yeah, I mean, th- that's a fair question. I don't think if it's fair or not, it doesn't really matter. It's the way it is. You know, I mean, I can sit here and say that obviously Garner Minshew has to focus on, um, you know, winning a job for the next five years to come. I mean, this is a big year for him. And I can also say, well, Gardner Minshew, if he wants to win that job, he needs everybody in the boat, okay? And he needs everybody to rally behind him. One could say that if he doesn't go to these rallies, if he doesn't, um, you know, kind of show where he stands, well, will his teammates respond to him? I think it's a fair question. Now, I'm not saying if it's right or wrong, but I'm just saying that's the way it is. Yeah, it brings uh, up an interesting point. I don't think once we, we've discussed, I wasn't even going to go here in the early part of the show, but here we are. Uh, and the Maybe it's not the quarterback, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just somebody. Maybe it's um, an offensive lineman. Maybe it's a long snapper. Maybe it's a cornerback or a safety. I don't know. But 
you know, we've talked about uh, earlier on last week, we talked about the locker room and how it can mirror life. And then I think Chris Conley brought some light to it and said, listen, now, it's not always kind of how you want it to be in the locker room either. You yeah. know, I mean, let, let's not be naive. And I, I thought that was interesting to say. And I th- thought it was important to say, too, because I got kind of trapped in that sure. uh, to, at, at some points last week, too. And, and I get it. I get what he's saying. So in the past, though, let's just say last year, mm-hmm. if you had or maybe even 17 or something, if guys were like, hey, I think Nealon's OK, I don't think Nealon's OK, you still kind of whoever won the Super Bowl in 17, was that uh, the Patriots that year? Yeah, because it was uh, After they beat Patriots, the Eagles. Yeah, so I think no, it was, it was the Eagles then. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so the Eagles yeah. win the Super Bowl. My point being, do you think everybody in that locker room said, yes, I feel like kneeling is the right thing to do? The answer to that would be probably no. Mm-hmm. But they put aside whatever differences they had, whatever views they had, and they yeah. won games, and, and that's what football teams do. I think that yeah. was kind of Conley's well, point, too, is like we don't always see eye to eye on these things. You brought up the discussions true. you guys have had in locker rooms before. Mm-hmm. You, but you kind of put it aside and you, you're a team and you go win and you try to win. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, no, and, and to be fair, I don't think Tom Brady was, you know, rallying behind taking a knee. And I'm not sure how Nick Foles or Carson Wentz felt about it. No, but I don't think else, Tom taking, Brady was kind of linked to the yeah. Trump side of things. Yeah. And, and also, I don't think Carson Wentz or, or Nick Foles were guys that were really taking a knee. If I remember, I, I don't want to put them in, in the false light here, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't recall them you know, seeing take a knee. Now, maybe they supported it, but they didn't do it themselves. So, so I guess so, my question here is, that year, yeah. or probably in other years about other issues, yeah. people put aside whatever differences to go win football games. Correct. Is this going to be such a big movement? That if not all 53 are on board, or if you do have some differences in, in how you believe, uh, whether it is kneeling, whether it is the movement in itself, uh, whether it is just a small disagreement about the movement, uh, you, you know, whatever. Will it be harder to put aside in locker rooms? Absolutely. I mean, could we have a very hard time? Could we see divisive locker rooms? Could this be yeah. a very challenging time for coaches and leaders of football teams, and I mean captains and veteran guys, to get everybody on the same page because of the power of what's going on? Now, again, we're a long way away from the season. We're months away still. Sure. But y- you get the nature of the question. Without a doubt. And this time, I believe it's a, it's 100% different. Okay? If you go back to a couple years ago and Kaepernick takes the knee and everything and you know, there there were some players that were agreeing with him. There were some players that didn't do it but supported their teammates. Like, nobody really knew what to do because it was new. It, it was a new landscape, okay? And then, you had, obviously, you had the, the the comments from the president and everything. Like, it was, there was just a lot going on, okay, all during a football season, all when you're trying to still go out there and win a game. And I remember, like, to me, it, and then once again, I wasn't part of those locker rooms, but I remember just kind of gauging it and, and listening to the comments. Like, to me, people weren't really – um held accountable. I don't even say held accountable. People weren't really called out if they believed in something else. Now, the only situation I do remember was when Villanueva, who I think is a former Army guy, if I'm not mistaken, um, the Steelers agreed not to go out there for the National Anthem. Villanueva took it upon himself to go out there anyways and show his support. Now, that's obviously, that's his right. Um, And obviously, being a former military guy, I can, you can definitely see that, right? Well, I, don't you remember what happened after that? How everyone was upset with going away with though because like they weren't on the same page and everything. That was like the only instance where I, I felt like, man, like there was some kind of discourse in that locker room because they weren't on the same page. 
Now on like on other you know so for instance like on other teams you know like, I remember Kenny Stillsing from the Dolphins at the time he played for um he took a knee you know and like that was like a big deal because like he kept, he kept on doing it week after week after week but I don't remember you know hearing his teammates say like oh he shouldn't do that or he should so like I guess what I'm trying to say is the bill and away thing was the only thing that was taken where it was like nobody's on the same page okay. Now, fast forward 2020, you know, and we're we're on the age of another NFL season right now. Well, now, like, it seems like the blinders are off, right? And everyone's more self-aware with what's going on, okay? And receipts are getting, you know, checked, obviously. People are getting called out. I just think right now, with the landscape of everything going on in society and also in an NFL locker room coming up, is everyone's going to see what everyone else is doing. Okay, and everyone's going to have, I guess, their antennas up to say, like, what is he doing? What is he doing? Well, why is he doing? Exactly. So I don't know if you want to call it, like, a little paranoia. I don't want to call it paranoia because that sounds bad. But, you know, like, it's just everyone's going to be hyper aware now. Okay? And I feel like if somebody is not all in with the situation, because obviously the stakes have never been higher, and if someone's not all in or they even perceive themselves as not in or not all in, um, you could have some discrepancies in a locker room. That's interesting. Uh, that's dangerous too, potentially. Yeah. You know, I think uh, for that, that's that's definitely dangerous for for them to, um, you know, for for that divisiveness to happen. You know, and again, I think all attention will be on football and trying to win games, or at least that's what they're built to do. Mm-hmm. I asked Doug Marone that last week. I said, hey, you know, you're used to just football, 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 football. That's not going to be the case right now for the next couple of weeks, some months, and maybe into the season. You know, do you carve time out? He, he kind of answered an interesting answer. He said, listen, we carve time out to go take a run, to go eat, to go spend time with families. Everybody carves their own time out anyway. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot of football. But I think and he said a lot of that we're not going to back off the football, but a lot of that time that is spent doing those other things, we may be putting it toward discussions like this. Yeah. You know, so it's an interesting well, balance, uh, you know, and again, and, it might be trying to solve problems within your own locker room or at least having more discussions to to uh, uh, to avoid problems. And, and here's the crazy thing, because I always look back to history and kind of what I witnessed when I was in the league to try to make my, you know, my arguments here. And I remember back in 2014 when uh, Michael Sam got drafted. Yes. Okay. Um, the first openly, openly gay, gay player yep. um, to go in the NFL. And I remember really th- the sides that were taken in the locker room. And I remember the conversations, whether they were civil conversations or conversations, maybe a little more of argument and frustration and got confusion, heated. got heated. Yes. And I remember those arguments. Okay. And I remember like, you know, we would be done with those arguments, but there's always a feeling like, listen, there, there's definitely a rift in here right yeah, now. Yeah. Right? Like, it's there's, not done. It's put aside. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. There's there's definitely this aura, this stench that hasn't been cleared out yet, but we have to go out and practice until tomorrow. Kind yeah, of like yeah. that feeling, right? Well, we see what happened and everything. And, and yeah, so what happened with Michael Sam happened with Michael Sam, you know, and I think for the most part, the NFL embraced him. I, I think locker rooms embraced him as well. And, and players did a great job of speaking out um, about him and, and saying, yeah, welcome in any NFL locker room. That was fantastic. Now, the only thing well, we didn't see with Michael Sam is it was very short-lived. Correct. Exactly. But I guess my point is here is for as big as that was, for as big as that, I remember that being, you know, and those conversations taking place right before a practice, right before a meeting. 
I multiply that by probably a hundred now I with, agree with, with what's going on. Okay. And it's to me it's gonna be hard to balance. I'll yeah. be honest. It's gonna be hard to balance getting ready for, you know, your 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 divisional opponent coming up and trying to balance what's going on in the world. I I'm not sure how teams are going to do it. I'll be honest with you. Um, I guess that's where captains come into play. And this is really what you're going to find out about coaches, honestly, right? Um, Because this is the ultimate job of a coach. Yes, a coach, obviously, it's the X's and O's. It's teaching. But it's getting your locker room together on one page. And this year, probably more than any other year, is going to be a challenge, I feel like, to get your locker room focused um, and on the same page to accomplish a goal. Absolutely. And all that, by the way, without uh, OTAs or any of these in-person <laughs> exactly. moments to be able to do that, which also is very is much more powerful than being over a virtual you know, meeting, yeah. uh, without question. To the same point, Michael Sandpoint versus now, this one's way more personal. You know, I think that's where, you know, you said magnify it by 100. Yeah. I think it's because it's way more personal. I well, mean, for, yeah. for every black athlete, it's very personal. Well, and yeah, absolutely. And listen, I'm not going to call anybody out here, but I mean, it, it was a personal time too. I think back in 2014, it would have been because there there are a lot of guys in the locker room that are men of faith, you know. And at the time, yeah. there were some guys that were men of faith that were super passionate that didn't agree with with, with what Michael Sam was representing, right? So there was still a lot of passion, and then there were still a lot of arguments going on and things like that. But I absolutely agree with you because how maybe that only offended and affected maybe like 10% or 20% of the locker room. This obviously now with the racial injustice, this affects everybody. Yeah, and it was still with Michael Sam, somewhat of an idea, 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 ideological. How do we say that word? Come on, uh, help me out. Ideological? Ideological. Thank you very much. Ideological? Uh, man, I went big there and failed oh. miserably. <laughs> Brent, Brent was going to take a shower and I uh, yeah, cut his foot. <laughs> I blame when no I can't Call of Duty for you. Yeah, I blame when I can't say a word on uh, on on my Rhode Island accent. There we go. I don't I like know it. how that one would because in Rhode Island we say idea, okay, instead of idea. <laughs> so there you go. So again, again, an orange idea. <laughs> it just I mean, there's way too many. There's should never try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Uh, that was more of from that point because it wasn't in every locker room, at least publicly. Correct. It was in one locker room. Yes. And so I, I think uh, that that although it was a conversation in others, it wasn't mm-hmm. right in front of it, tw- 31 other teams. True. It was yeah. in front of the Rams at the time. Well, and, and we never really saw it shift, right? I don't think Sam ever played for another team or got <sighs> traded to another team. He might have had a workout for somebody else yeah, now yeah. that I think about it. But you know Was he on the Cowboys? No? He might have. Yeah, he, yeah. he might have signed with somebody else. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I, yeah. I, he had to have. He had to bounce to somebody else. Maybe, yeah. Um but, but it, well, it, just because he was never good, I think the initial phase was one thing. It, it's just totally different now. No, what it, you're saying. You know, but it is different. But to be fair though, and I get what you're saying, because that was more of the Rams thing, right? But like I take you back to the two thousand fourteen draft and you know he he kissed his partner and like that rubbed a lot of NFL guys I mean I don't say a lot but that rubbed some guys in my locker room that I played with the wrong way yeah. right because like they thought that oh now that we're glor you know we're gonna glorify this you know and it's gonna like the next couple of years uh, it's gonna be in every single locker room yeah. and to be fair some guys once again I can call anybody out but they were afraid of that okay so I get what you're saying where it was just one player on one team but it did affect pretty much every single team in the NFL yeah I, I think the bottom line here is is the locker rooms could be a challenge yeah you know mm-hmm. um and and this is uh and could become more heated and like you said i think coaches have a 
huge responsibility mm-hmm. uh, this year. And, you know, kind of getting back to the original point. I don't know what Gardner Minshew's role is in this. You know, I don't. I don't know what. Like, are we pushing him into a role? Does he have to have a role sooner or later? Will teammates say, "Where are you? Uh, what are you going to do?" I, I don't know. I mean, he came out with a message. You know, it's early on. We have to see a little bit how this plays out. There might be a lot that Gardner Minshew does behind closed doors that we don't even know. That was going to be my next point. Um, and again, so I, again, we're just posing the question. We're not being critical or anything yeah. like that. We're just curious to see. That's a lot on a second-year quarterback who's trying to figure things out in the NFL, who's also now one of the leaders of this team because he plays that position. And now uh, outside the football field, he may be asked to at least have a role or do more, much like we heard from Matt Ryan and and much like we've heard from uh, Carson Wentz and other quarterbacks. But, you know, Matt Ryan's been in the league for a decade. You know, he's got his stuff figured out. Sure. I mean, this is a guy in Gardner Minshew who's just trying to – Figure the NFL. Listen, I think Gardner Minshew knows how to be a great teammate, okay? Because he's been on a lot of teams and they all seem to love him. The the, the his teammates and coaches alike. So with, with that being said, we have to be careful. And I'm not saying we're doing it because I think we're just being look. We're looking it, at it from it's more of a whole, hypothetical exactly, right now. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. But I think you know even as a fan base, Jay Gorsuch has to be careful of like you know calling out Gardner Minshew. Well, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. But we don't know what we're seeing behind the scene. Yeah. Okay. And we don't know what he's doing. We don't know what he's saying. We don't know if he's donating his time, his energy to other stuff. Right. We, we just don't know. So we got to be careful here not to make accusations about like, well, Gardner Minshew's this because we didn't see him here. We don't see him 24-7, okay? We don't see him behind the curtain. So um, it's bad to assume that you think you know who a person is if you don't really know him. I, I think what's fascinating about this, too, is, listen, if, I have an, if I'm have if i a young quarterback and I say, hey, man, how do you handle, like, uh, this situation? Mm-hmm. I go ask uh, John Elway. I can go ask David Garrard. I can go ask mm-hmm. people that I might know. I, I give them a call. Yeah. You're not asking anybody about this. This is unique. Sure. It's a unique time. It's a unique situation. I, I think uh, people are learning as they go. They don't even know. Like if you, you're asking yourself, you're looking at yourself and you're saying, what is my role? Like what do I need to do? What First of all, do I feel in my heart that I need to do? But what am I expected when I look across to my teammate? Yeah. And and, and what do they expect me to do? It's an interesting time. You know, I mean, it, and, you know, it's almost like ignorance isn't accepted here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, you know, being naive in those this spot doesn't. That's not a that's not a good enough excuse. Like cut it. Yeah. So it's it's pretty fascinating, really. Uh, it's fascinating time in in all team headquarters, really, not just the NFL. We're just relating it here in Jacksonville. All right, from a football standpoint, thank you, Jack Stan, for sending me this and copying. Pro Football Focus says this: Which 2019 QB would you choose to build a franchise around? A, f- a fantasy football team or a franchise? Franchise. Okay. Kyler Murray, sixty-four point eight. <laughs> Pro Football Focus rating. Daniel Jones, sixty-six point nine. Wait, Daniel Jones higher than Kyler Murray? Yep. Dwayne Haskins, sixty-eight point three. Drew Locke, sixty-one point seven. Gardner Minshew, seventy point one. I like one. it. I like it. Now, don't like Daniel. Overall grades. What, what, what Haskins? No, hang on, Haskins, hang on, by the way, no. had a small, smaller sample. Okay, probably. but like, give me what is the reference here? Like, you just can't throw numbers at me. And where do these numbers come from? What well, do these numbers mean? First of all, it's the rookies from last year and the quarterbacks. But well, I, I understand the overall that. grades. Uh, I don't know what Pro Football Focus takes into effect. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, you're, you're telling I, me that I, I just know Pro Football Focus loves 
loves them some Gardner Minshew because oh, his numbers check out a lot. Yeah, and, on and, and I'm not mad about it, but I'm just questioning how you put Dwayne Haskins over Kyler Murray right now. Yeah, I, I think uh, mostly probably because of the smaller sample. I, I don't know what their grades do. You know, yeah. I, I really don't know how they uh, shake out. Uh, it is interesting. Did you see me uh, tweet? Yesterday, I think mm-hmm. Cowherd uh, said uh, Kyle uh, Drew Locke is a, a dark horse MVP candidate. <clears throat> I said he misspelled Gardner Minshew's <laughs> name. Who do you think has a better season next year, Drew Locke, or the, I guess this upcoming season, Drew Locke or Gardner Minshew? Because I mean, let's be honest. Listen, though, Denver did a nice job. You right? have to like what Denver did. Remind me of what Denver did. Uh they already have rugs. Sutton, they got rugs. And they got rugs. Um, they already have Fant. They got Fant. And you know how I feel about him. And they got Melvin Gordon. Correct. They did a lot. Yeah. And you still haven't answered the question. By the way, I would say this. I I don't mind what the Jags have versus what Denver has. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I, hey, hey, but you didn't get answer the question, though, or not? Well, you know where I'm going. You go Gardner Minshew. I told them I right. misspelled Gardner Minshew. <laughs> okay, okay. Dark horse candidate to win the MVP is Gardner Minshew. I got says you. Says Brent. Okay. Says Brent. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Can you give MVP to a, uh, a team or a player of a team that at best goes 8-8? Eight eight? Probably not. This, is, this isn't the NBA here, Coos. No, but you. I know. It's Listen. like Russell Westbrook's pulling triple doubles and winning, you know, twenty games a season. <laughs> well, even then, they at least have to make the playoffs. They like make in the that. playoffs. But come yeah. on, you, you usually you'd have to be like a twelve and four minimum, probably quarterback. And Denver's not going twelve and four in the Kansas City's division. Get out of here. Who's gonna have the better season? Listen, I understand the context was a dark horse candidate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drew Locke. I'll put more money on Gardner Minshew to be a dark horse candidate than Drew Locke said it. There you go. Done. All right. Done. Jacksonville Jaguars, better record than Denver Broncos. You heard it here, folks. You bet. Put it down. What's the next big thing at QB in the NFL? Not named Patrick Mahomes. It's next on ESPN 690. For Brent, it's obvious.